and I'm here with a special guest. We've got Tabo Tuma. Um, hey, <laughs> thanks for having me on the show. And by the way, you're the only person that has pronounced it properly. Now, but it, I, I think it's a little bit easy for me, though, because I'm from South Africa and um, your name is definitely familiar. So Tabo is also a South African yeah, name. Straight up. Um, Tuma is not so hard. Yeah, well, it's Nevele or Matabele. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, there's not a lot of uh, tumors. They say tumor in um, Zimbabwe. Ah, I get you. But there's tumors in South Africa. Ah, yeah. so which is the right way to say it? Tumor? Well, in tumor. Zimbabwe, we say tumor. Ah, okay. Yeah, but tumor, I think, is not incorrect. Okay. Yeah. Do you know a guy called, um, this is random, uh, Tabani Tuma? No? Yeah. Are you. Tabani Tuma, yeah. as in the South African poet? Yeah. So. My brother's name is Tabani. Oh Chew, wow! Obviously, Tabani yeah, Tuma. Yeah, yeah. yeah. right. Uh, but I don't know him personally. But uh, I remember, I think I googled my brother's name, yeah. and then he came up. And I was like, up. "Oh no way! <laughs> that is so crazy. That's crazy." And but he lives here in Australia him. as well. Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo, yeah. <laughs> I have to look up with him, man. That's so funny. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, um, where do we start this conversation? Should we start it in uh, Middlemount? Middlemount. Oh Oh, man, yeah. How did you know about Middlemount? Tell us about Middlemount, man. Man, so how did you get there? The year is what, two thousand and seven, I think. Just after the there's like a big mining boom happening in uh, Queensland. So Middlemount is a little town in Queensland, mining town. And we my family, my parents and my two brothers were living in New Zealand Yeah, at the time. We just left Zimbabwe um, in 2000 and, oh, 2003, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like there's a time when it, things look bad mm-hmm. and there's the time where you go, all right, this isn't going back to normal. Mm. It was kind of getting to that. Yeah. So we moved to New Zealand. Uh, my dad went first and then we followed a year later. And same thing happened here, uh, except it was this time it was me and my dad and my one of my brother, the older one. We went to Australia first for a year, and then my mom and the youngest one came over uh, a year later. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, we lived in. Uh, I went from super cold South Island, New Zealand mm-hmm. weather. You know, small community. Yeah. To like super hot. Like arid, yeah. humid, yeah. death weather <laughs> in, uh, uh, in, in Queensland. Yeah, again, another small town, but somehow I think the if you're in a small town and it's cold, you, you can get over it <laughs> a lot more. But when it's hot, everyone's yeah. just ticked off, and <laughs> and I, I think at that time as well, you know, there was a big influx of people coming in internationally because of the mining boom yeah but there hadn't been that much how would you say cultural diversity Mm -hmm. in that area Mm -hmm. until that time so yeah there was a bit of tension and uh, yes things of that nature you know but i loved it man i like oh no no loved it is too strong uh (laughs) i put up with it Yeah, but hey, I still have uh, friends that uh, I I met in Middlemount, and yeah, yeah no, it was a it was an interesting time yeah. in my life. But man, Middlemount, you be, obviously you're from South Africa. Yeah, yeah. Now when you're driving through 
like um you know, say you're going from Joburg to like Cape Town, yeah, and then you drive through those little towns, yeah. little shanty towns, yeah. yeah, red dirt, yeah, 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 kids running around with like, yeah. uh, you know, torn up clothes and stuff, and yeah, yeah, yeah. dirt going all the way up to their legs, yeah, that's Middle Mount, okay, <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, obviously, you come to Perth, right? Uh, but before that, I'm gonna like backtrack to, sure, um. I think something something that's uh, maybe a little bit relatable to me. My dad was not a preacher, uh-huh. uh, but he later on in life he kind of like found religion. Oh really? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, wow. So your your dad was a preacher, though. Was yeah, he was a preacher. A preacher yeah. yeah. Was so. this was this back in Zim? Yes, yes. So back yeah. in Zim, uh, he was. Uh, I will remember the Seventh Day Adventist Church, yeah. which I'm no longer am, but they're no longer am that I, as well I, I, oh, I see okay yeah so they've moved away from that but yeah. uh he was uh yeah very very good preacher strong preacher back in zimbabwe yeah and a choir leader as well uh mm-hmm. i think uh, our church choir in zimbabwe once played um they once sang for the president um mm-hmm. robert mugabe mm-hmm. so they were you know pretty high up and then we moved to um new zealand he was preaching there moved to australia he was preaching there when we were in middle mount uh, we lived there for a year. He was still working there, but we moved to Rockhampton, which is about three hours away from there. Yeah. Bigger town, bigger city. And I learned a lot about, maybe because I do stand-up now, yeah. but a lot of the things that I learned from doing stand-up, off for stand-up, I learned from just watching my dad preach. I was going to ask you that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, know, I know, that's probably coming. But yeah. uh, a lot of my style... I would say is actually just copying things that my dad did. Yeah. But I also learned a lot of things like because when you're preaching, it's as you all know, it's prob- yeah. it's not just about being up there and uh you know delivering your message or whatever, but it's like the stuff off the pulpit where you have to meet with people and interface with people. So I learned a lot about that, like mm. how, how just how to deal with different uh people that you know, some some people are nicer than others. Some yeah. people are uh, in worse spots mentally than yeah. others. Yeah. And I just learned how he was able to maneuver through those situations. And there was a racial aspect as well to it because yeah. we're in central Queensland, which for people that don't know is the most, like I think it's the most conservative part of Queensland, yeah. which is the most conservative state. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... There was a lot that he had to get through. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, being a preacher, you can't exactly tell someone to, you know, shove off. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But he had his he had his way of, like, calming people down. And yeah. I definitely picked up a lot of lessons from that. Yeah. 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 Like, we had times where some people who liked, liked his preachers were preaching would like come to our house and stuff like yeah, yeah, unannounced yeah. and just like see, yeah, yeah, yeah comes in you're like yo what the heck man yeah yeah yeah, yeah so yeah. yeah that was a interesting time for for him and for us because mm-hmm. and we got to see a lot of central queensland you know more so than ah uh, yeah if you were just working a normal job yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and at what time do you then get to perth so i i got to perth Oh, it's a t- it's a terrible story. <laughs> it's the worst story. Let's go. So, I I'm uh, we lived in in Rockhampton for eleven years. Yeah, yeah, I lived there eleven years, and I met with this I met this girl, 
at a jazz club. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was a jazz singer, and I was hosting the show in in, in Rockhampton. Yeah. Uh, the place was called The Workshop, I think. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's it's still there. But anyway, shout out to The Workshop. It's still there. So we met there. Uh, it was like their opening night. She was singing. I was uh, hosting. I was like emceeing the, the, the jazz club. Yeah. Uh, we didn't, we hit it off. And then, you know, we're in a relationship for maybe a year. Our target, both of us, was Melbourne. Because I, I wanted to do stand-up. Mm-hmm. She wanted to do her degree. Mm-hmm. She wanted to go to uh, U, uh, University of Melbourne. I can't remember the exact yep. name. So we're like, all right, let's go to Melbourne. And then about three weeks before she's supposed to go to Melbourne, <laughs> uh, she gets rejected mm. from Melbourne Uni. And then we're like, ah, man, okay, now we need to find the second option. Yeah. And then uh, UWA popped up, and she got accepted to UWA. So then we're like, all right, so switch Melbourne to Perth. Didn't yeah. know anything about Perth. Yeah. Had never even thought about Perth. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, because people from Perth don't realize how much Perth is not <laughs> a factor in, in a conversation. In a conversation. Like, no, no one knows where this is. And no one knows a person who's been here. So, so, and we had been having issues, yeah, like relationship issues, even before we moved. But yeah. then the stress of the move, as well as like it just compounded everything. Mm. Yeah, because mm. at that time as well, I was trying to obviously like make things easier for her because mm-hmm. she's just you know she's dealing with a new university and stuff like that. But I was also trying to change who I was a little bit mm-hmm. so that I can fit in more with her thing so I'd stop doing stand up mm-hmm. um or I was like all right I'm going to go back to uni I'm going to leave stand up for you know for a while yeah. and then get my degree and then go back into it so I was pretty miserable person she was miserable as well mm. and then uh I think it was like what 2 months uh, after we moved, we broke up. Damn. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I was like, oh yeah, that's fine, that's fine. Broke up, and then I started doing stand up here. Yeah. So I signed up for an open mic. I think like the week we broke up, I like see. we moved. I was like, all right, yeah, you know, screw this. I'm gonna go. <laughs> this is what I really want to do. Was this the comedy lounge? No, 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 no yeah. way. It was a yeah. uh, a comedy night run by um, a guy named Ziggy. Oh man, I forget Ziggy's last name, but he's yeah. South African as well. What South I get African you, yeah. dude? Yeah, very nice. One yeah. of the nicest guys I've ever met. He yeah. was uh, doing it at the Bassendine uh, mm. Hotel, right? And um, I went over there and I did my first set here in in WA yeah. after like I think it was like six months away from doing any stand up. Yeah, I did okay, and then I sort of I started to meet some of the comedians here in town. Yeah. I didn't get into the comedy lounge until maybe like last year or the year before that. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd already been here um, a minute, a minute yeah. before I got into the lounge. Yeah. And um, yeah, I, I started doing stand up and then I was like, okay, I'm just going to do stand up. I'm just going to live here in Perth until like the start. Cause this is now, this is 2019 uh, once we get into 2020, I'm going to move to Melbourne. So I'm just going to stack up my money, uh, you know, uh, keep keep doing stand-up. But my eye is still set on Melbourne. Uh-huh. 
Come 2020, March, pandemic hits. Yeah. <laughs> so then it was like, all right. Yeah. Looks like we're staying here in Perth. Yeah. And then luckily at that time, I met uh, my current partner now. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we hit it off. And mm-hmm. yeah, like we, uh, she, she's been like an amazing like a calming force for me i get you yeah yeah yeah. she's been great she's amazing and then uh i also because i hadn't been past at the comedy lounge yet Mm -hmm. uh in that time after covid because there weren't that many comedians coming from Mm. you know over over east or over overseas yeah so i started to come up a little bit and Mm. get more opportunities so Mm. that's how i got into the comedy lounge timing yeah 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 the timing was just perfect yeah and i think talking to comedians around the world and especially around Australia mm. I think we here in Perth we had it much better because yeah, definitely yeah. there were times when we were open and people were just not open yeah. so yeah it like weirdly turned out really well yeah because if had I been in Melbourne I would have moved yeah and then I would have been stuck indoors for like for two years two literally years. yeah 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 so yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah and uh um so when you look at the scene i guess uh when you started like your first open mic yep. uh, even before you went to the comedy lounge and now um obviously now you are doing you're not just like doing stand-up but you are like hosting these nights as well yeah um like the grassroots nights um you host like a bunch of them yes um and like i've seen you in different rooms in the city um, oh God! Um, yeah, yeah, like in, <laughs> yeah. Because the last time I saw you was in Guildford. I have a story about Guildford, like that. I'm curious to uh, yeah. know uh, that I want to ask you about. Uh, but yeah, Guildford was the last one. I've seen you in the city. Man, uh, how I fun feel like was I've seen you. It was uh, the Guildford. Oh, yeah, it was good. It was good. It was. Um, it was really good. Uh, the crowd was interesting. Yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can say that again. <laughs> and, I'm always fascinated by the crowd, and and also uh, there was one dude who obviously jumped up. I don't know if it was an act or if um, he was just having a horrible day. Yeah, um, but he jumped on, and um, his set was about depression. Um, so I don't know if he was staying in character for that, but you know. Fast forward, he walked off stage, like slammed the door behind him. Yeah. Um, and I spent the rest of the night worried about him. Um, so if that was an act, it, <laughs> it worked. worked really well. Um, but yeah. yeah. So I, I, he was a comedian. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I did the same thing as well. Like I was like, oh my, because I think part of it was an act, but I think part of it was he was having a legit just yeah. a really bad day at the office yeah and yeah so i messaged him and he's fine i get you because <laughs> yeah. i think I the last you. thing he said was like i don't know if i'm allowed to say it on hair but like <laughs> and we're all like ah what <laughs> so when he, he left he slammed the door and i thought he would be outside like giggling so yeah. i went outside and he's like no no everyone's like yo like what happened inside in there <laughs> I'm like oh man he got upset so i sent him a message and he's like oh yeah i'm all good just having a tough week so yeah yeah yeah, yeah he's good <laughs> is, is, <laughs> okay. is, is that something though um is that something that happens i guess because you know like i imagine i mean depending on what what room you walk into sometimes maybe you don't know what the audience is going to look like yeah and and you know like the kind of reaction that you get off your first two jokes or whatever is that going to set the tone for the rest of your show or do you kind of like 
man, I've got this material. I just need to stick to it. If it works, it works. How does that work? Yeah, so well, everyone works differently. Yeah, I think because like um, I know some comedians that are definitely like uh, if you mess up. This is why it's important not to yell out when you're at, at a show. I get you. Because there is some people where, like, they've been... Because people people that don't do stand-up have no... Or very little concept of how much time mm-hmm. and energy you spend honing your act. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Uh, even if it's someone that you might not think is that funny, but, yep. like, they, they... You put in so much time to, mm-hmm. like... Like your your movements, your words, like down to like each word you want to be perfect and mm. stuff like that. Mm. So I know there are some people that have a lot of trouble mm. if you interrupt them during a flow because they have to remember, especially if someone's doing like an hour mm-hmm. and you mess them up 15 minutes in. I get you. You know what I mean? It might yeah. take them another 15 to get back on mm. track just because, you know, you try mm. remembering a speech for f- an hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so yeah, some people don't know, don't uh, have the ability to adjust on the fly, and some yeah. do. Uh, I've been lucky because I started in Queensland, really, and the places that we started were like RSL clubs and bars, oh, where I get you. you know the Kino machine is playing over there, <laughs> and like someone's yelling out something over here. Yeah, so you yeah. learn to work on the fly a little bit. Yeah, I get you. And. Um, but with that said, sometimes you're just having a bad day. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. it's just a bad day at the office. You yelled, you fought with the girlfriend, you know, someone what? cut you off in traffic. And What's the worst day you've ever had? Oh, man, I've had a few. <laughs> <laughs> I've had a few bad gigs, man. I ain't going front. I've had a few. Yeah. I think, like, um, the one that stands out the most right now yeah I've, I've had a there's been like some really bad ones the one that made me want think man i think i need to quit yeah. i remember I, it was back in queensland yeah and uh it was a multicultural festival okay uh so it was i want to say it was a sunday sunday day yeah and there's like uh stalls of people selling different multicultural dishes and you know and stuff mm-hmm. like that so it's an outdoor gig which immediately is terrible for stand up comedy yeah. which is supposed to be done in a nightclub with a yeah. low ceiling and yeah. dark room <laughs> yeah. so they got me up there to uh, just do like 10 minutes and it was like between uh, I think before me was like 10 little Indonesian kids dancing Yeah. then after me was like I can't remember the Maori Samoan but Polynesian ladies doing yeah. Uh, yeah. like singing and doing like a, their traditional dance uh-huh. right so immediately like the vibe is off for dirty jokes right <laughs> so <laughs> it's like the sun is out it's families everyone's like enjoying each other's cultures and mixing and also most of the acts of music and it's a three hour show but sorry it's I a three you. hour show yeah if not longer so people are not exactly sitting down paying attention to what you're saying yeah 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 and uh, I had to go. <laughs> I had to go up there and do ten minutes of stand up. Now I asked the organizers. To be fair, I did ask them. I'm like, all right, am I? Is that things I'm not allowed to say? And they're like, no, no, just go full tilt. Just do whatever you do. And I'm like, are you sure? Right. Because you've seen my act. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I didn't have some of the. I didn't have those jokes, yeah. but I 
it was not family friendly. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I was like, all right, because I'm getting paid anyway. I'm like, all right, whatever. So they bring me up. The stage is huge. Yeah. So uh, the guy who was hosting, he'd been the, up there for like you know a long time. And he was this old curmudgeon white dude. He was just sick of the whole thing. It's like 34 degrees like it is today. Yeah. All right, we're bringing up a comedian, Tawa Chuma. I go up there. I because t- the stage is so long. The people that are clapping, they stop clapping, but like, and I'm halfway to the mic, which is always a bad sign. I go up there. I grabbed my hey, thanks everybody. The dude who's hosting who handed me the mic, he doesn't leave the stage. Yeah. He stays on the stage because he doesn't want to walk yeah. all the way off because yeah. it's a long walk. Mm-hmm. So I start doing my jokes, right? And uh now I've I always have trouble performing to Africans. I see. Because I don't know what it is. Yeah. But there's something about because we're all sort of raised in a so, like most Africans that you meet, especially overseas, are very religious. Or yeah. They had a religious upbringing, yeah. and you've seen my act. My act is very yeah. raw yeah. and dirty. So yeah. I always have that thing where I feel like I'm disappointing people, <laughs> <laughs> or oh, they like there's something inside me that they're gonna tell my parents. Like they're gonna call my parents right away. I get you and tell me off. Yeah, uh, and uh, the only people that were paying attention just happened to be all African. Yeah. Uh, and because Rock Rockhampton's a small town, I yeah. know them. I see. So it's not strangers. I know these people. Yeah. And I go up there and I just start doing my. I I do like. I won't tell you the jokes. So they obviously don't know this side of you, even though they know they don't you. know this side of me okay. because they know me from my dad. As a <laughs> <laughs> so they know me as King's son. <laughs> so I I go up. And remember, there's this dude like next to me, pretty much next to me, and I would I would do jokes, yeah. and every time the joke would bomb, which they all did, yeah. he would like shake his head. Yeah. So I'd be like, ah, and then I went, and then I ended up at the pizza store, and then the guy would just like, I oh, just shake his head. <laughs> and then I I did my. Yeah, it was like that. I did my 10 minutes and I got off stage. Like, my face is hot, man. Yeah. I'm just like, what am I doing? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, what is this for? Like, yeah. and at that time, I, there was no dreams to leave. So I was just like, man, like, am I just wasting my time here? Yeah. Like, this is. And you just carried on. This is terrible. Yeah. yeah. But that's how you know, you know, for people that don't know what their passion is, that's kind of the day that I discovered it because that was so humiliating. Oh. And like there were people in the crowd that did tell my parents that I should have seen what your son was saying. Ai, <laughs> <laughs> where are your son? <laughs> and uh, so, uh, yeah, there were people. So it was just like a bad experience all around. Yeah. But I, I was like, if I can handle this, yeah, I can handle any gig. Yeah. So yeah, if you if you are have a passion. Uh, if uh, try to find those days, I guess, where it goes so bad that you're like, this couldn't get any worse. Yeah. But I still want to keep going. That's mm. kind of when you are. Right, I have a. I, this is something that I might want to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so interesting. I mean, um, I guess, like in a way, like I mean, Dave Chappelle used to get this criticism, like I guess back in the day, maybe about like his comedy and uh, who it was directed to. Like even though he was making. 
comedy about the black experience. Yeah. Uh, his audience was obviously, you know, mostly white. Mm. Um and then and I guess maybe later on like when the Chappelle show came on um he had a bit of a bit more of a of a black audience and then of course his stuff now yeah and maybe even more so um how does that if if that's a ever changing thing and if it's going to be an ever changing thing for you too does that change how you how you write um i mean even mm. without the race thing right like in in different rooms i imagine if you are if you have enough preparation are you writing according to the room according to what you think the people are going to be like or do you just write what you want to write and whatever room you're in you just deliver it and hope for the best kind of thing yeah so um you should never cater yeah or you should never pander i should say not cater you should yeah. never pander to your audience so yeah. the most important thing for me is yeah. i write what makes me laugh okay i so get you so if if an idea makes me laugh yeah. it's going in the act yeah, yeah. you know what i mean yeah so i've never maybe i should cuz maybe like I would, my career would be better but <laughs> i've never um i've never written for anything other than my what yeah. makes me laugh like the truth to what you know right yeah, yeah exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but that's that's also where the craft comes in yeah uh if you if you write like that but what i find is the more specific i make a situation or a joke the broader appeal it actually mm. ends up becoming like i have mm. some jokes that are like very personal yeah but those are the the jokes that work the best mm. because uh people find themselves in your situation or yeah. in, in your joke. Yeah. And there's been times when I've had to perform like I, I have this like my my closing joke at the moment is it's very raunchy. I get you. Very yeah. very raunchy. Yeah. But I've done that joke in front of like grandmothers. Mm. You know, like older women mm. and that I'm like definitely going to hate me after this. <laughs> But I make them laugh because If you're able, if you're able to put in a little bit of work and a little bit of time, yeah. you can find a, a, a part of the humor that is universal to everybody. So there's yep. there's ways for people to connect with your sense of humor. Yep. That um just that just need a, a little bit more care. Yeah. So you never change who you are. Yeah. You never change what makes you laugh. Mm, mm. And it might be the delivery or is that yeah, what you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah. yeah. It might the delivery the way you craft the joke, yeah. the way you craft the idea because yeah. uh cuz I do a lot of j dirty jokes, but what I've discovered is that it's not the dirtiness of the joke that goes over. Mm -hmm. It's the uh, the humility of yeah. being in that situation and also the um the humanity. Mm. Because most of my jokes that are dirty are not about the dirty thing mm. it's about my relationship like if i'm doing like a sex joke yeah it's less about the sex and mm. more about my relationship to like my girlfriend or whoever mm. you know is the the other person in that yeah if it's about like you know it's like a, a hardcore topic it's less about you know the, like saying the nastiest thing yeah. but more like my reaction to it yeah and so the audience can self insert because i've i've been able to explain it well mm. enough that they can self insert relate, relate yeah, yeah. yeah yeah like yeah. my joke about like the the really raunchy one 
like married couples, especially older married couples, yeah. love that joke. Yeah. Yeah, because they can see themselves, maybe not that specific situation. Yeah. But in a similar situation where they're both like just had to look at each other like, all right, what are we doing here? Because that happens <laughs> in a relationship. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. you get to this point where you've been together and you're trying to find ways to spice things up. Yeah. And you end up doing something that's humiliating for both of you. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're able to uh, write your comedy with that in mind where you're not changing anything, but you're able to look at the humanity of it less than the you know stabby little yeah. dirty thing that you're saying i get you then you'll you'll go over like um one of the best comedians uh in the world louis ck yeah louis ck yeah like has some of the dirtiest jokes ever and uh-huh. a lot of people copy louis style but what they miss about louis mm-hmm. uh you know outside of like the things that he's been he's done or whatever but just in terms of him as a uh craftsman as a comedian yeah what they miss about his his jokes and his style is the humanity mm. in the jokes. Almost mm. all the jokes are about his relationship to his kids, mm. his relationship to his his wife or his partner, mm. his relationship to to other people. Him him struggling to come to terms with something. Yeah. If you if and if you are someone who does not like like dirty humor, mm, mm, mm. you can at least have an appreciation of that if it's yep. done well, where yep. you can see. All right, so this person is just sort of explaining. A situation which they found themselves in, mm. or thought that they had, they're mm. doing an exploration of it, mm. and hopefully it's well crafted enough that you can at least appreciate yeah, yeah, that yeah. someone is willing to go there yeah. without stepping over the line for no reason. Yeah, yeah. You know, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally, totally. Yeah. yeah, and then sometimes you know, like uh, you know, we almost all of us were, uh, what do you call it? Not popular at school. I get you. Almost all of us were the class clown yeah. or the wannabe class clown, mm-hmm. like the guy the guy or girl who never got to let their personality shine in a normal way. Mm-hmm. So sometimes like you need to step over the line mm. and then retreat back mm. towards it. Yeah. 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 So yeah, that's a a a tool that I use a lot is yeah. like if there is like a, a joke that I have that I know all right, the audience is not gonna ma- they're not gonna like this one. Yeah. They are not gonna like this one. Yeah. I'll sometimes go way over the line and then slowly pull back yep. to like a, a more amenable Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Position. Like something a bit more mild, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because what you do at, when, you, when you're pulling back is then you start to make it less about the thing that you stepped over the line about. Yeah. And more about what's going on with you, mm. what's going on with the situation. And mm. then that's where you find the humanity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so when you when you write these jokes, um, and obviously you some of them are, get quite po- personal as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's hard for like, if I'm the audience, it's hard for me sometimes to tell what is true and what is not. Yeah. But I, I guess that's the point as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's also a way for you maybe to protect yourself against people knowing for sure. you know, too much. Um, but where do you draw the line uh, when it comes to that you personally? Um, as far as like, you know, how personal do you get? Um, well, shorthand answer is there is no line yeah. that I'm willing to not cross. Yeah. But the longhand answer is uh, there, there was a quote that I 
I heard it was talking about poets, not comedians, but poets, right? Mm-hmm. And I think it applies to artists in general, yeah. which is something along the lines of like the artist, the poet, where you can in self-insert artist, comedian, whatever, mm-hmm. is the only person who's not allowed to look away. Mm-hmm. So the poet is not is not allowed to look away. Yeah. So when a situation is awry, when something is too horrible to look at or deal with you're the only person that is not allowed to look away you you're you're a big part of people being able to deal with that mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. you have to absorb that and then digest it for everyone else i get you yeah so mm-hmm. with that in mind there's there's no line mm-hmm. but there is obviously sensitivity mm-hmm. and there is being skillful there's craftsmanship mm-hmm. to it mm-hmm. But I don't think like do you ever want to go to a com- a comedy show yeah. where you're like all right this guy is not gonna yeah cuz part of the I think part, like if you go to a uh circus performance where people are flying up and down and yeah. catching each other and doing the, all these amazing things yeah. part of the reason you bought the ticket yeah is so that one of these people might like fall down and break their face <laughs> isn't it <laughs> Like if someone's doing like a trapeze, part of why you pay like $55 uh, for it is that moment yeah. where they miss and then they fly I've, into the... I've never thought about it like that. Look, I, I, but I get what you're saying. Like I don't, you know, like y- you wouldn't want to think that people are holding back. Um, you want it to yes. be as spectacular as possible. Yes. And for you to get your money's worth. Yes. Like I t- yeah. 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 I, I, and I think that's appropriate for any artist. Is yeah. like they they shouldn't be a line that you're willing to cross. But yeah. if you do cross that line, you know, especially for comedians, yeah. you should be able to cop the consequences. Yeah. Or you should cop the consequences. Like yeah. if you make someone upset yeah. about one of your jokes, you shouldn't play the ah, oh, it's free speech, man. Have you ever I felt like that? that? Of course, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like many times where yeah. I've been like, I'm being f- unfairly maligned here. But yeah. that's part of that's the other side of the coin. Is mm. people if you're free to say it someone's free to be mad at it yeah yeah and someone's free to not be happy with you and you can't be you can't think that's objectionable objectionable yeah that's how do you how do you, how how do you deal with that just have to suck it up it's <laughs> 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 just not be a baby i know some yeah some uh some performers if they get a whiff of uh people criticizing them they yeah. start to sulk and like no, yeah man you, you just can't yeah. 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 And if if you feel that you've offended someone, well, I've I've definitely done. Uh, they say you know you should never apologize as a yeah, comedian, yeah. but there's yeah. been times when, especially if I'm doing crowd work where I'm yeah. just coming off the cuff, yeah. and I see like and I say something yeah. to an audience just because I'm improvising. Mm. If I like say something like that really humiliates them, yeah. If they don't, if they don't deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not above to going up to them and apologizing. I get you. Like, hey, yeah. I'm I'm sorry. I was just trying to make the the show fun. Thank yeah, you for yeah. being a good sport. Nice, et cetera, et cetera. But if they, you know, if they're like yelling out or yeah, being a you know, then yeah, I will not apologize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but like, I, I'm not above apologizing for my for jokes that I think I believe has have made someone uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. Does that mean I'm gonna change? No. Mm. Does that mean that I'm going to... I, it just means maybe I'll be... 
I'll try to craft if it's like a joke that I've been crafting. I'll try to craft it better. Yeah, you know, yeah. I'll try to make the joke yeah. a, a, a little bit more artful. Yeah, but I'll yeah, I'll commit. You should never change because of the audience. You should change your audience. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're you're the transforming force. Mm-hmm. They're not the other way around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. it can. They can trans. Like an audience can make you better. Yeah, but. You're there to change them, not the other way around. Yeah. Now, speaking of changes, what are some of the uh, positive ones that you've seen since you, um, going back to the question, since you started um, here in Perth um, a few years ago and and now? Because I'm I'm sure there's been like improvements, right? Like in in the scene. Oh, yeah. 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 Like the Perth scene from, and COVID was a big one for Perth. Yeah. Like the Perth scene from, where it was then to where it is now is like night and day. There are so many more rooms. I mean, grassroots, it yeah. just, just come up. Uh, yeah. Xavier Souza, that's his rooms. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Comedy Lounge is like probably almost everyone that comes here is like, this might be the best room in, this, in the country. I've heard country. that too, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. like, it's Perth comedy historically has not had that much respect. Mm. Uh, part of, because it's the Perth comics are so far away. Yeah. And people over east don't really get a chance to see Perth comedians mm-hmm. that much, as much as they see each other. Mm-hmm. So there's always been this thinking that Perth is this backwards, mm-hmm. you know, hick town. Mm-hmm. Like these guys are of a lower level. Mm-hmm. And I love it when I see like comedians come over from over east and they bomb. And well, they they <laughs> like they're used to a certain level of. Uh, crushing or doing well mm. and then they have to follow someone like Andrew Wolf mm. or like John Pinder mm. or like Xavier Souza mm, mm, where mm. like the roof is off the place mm. like this dude Wolfie have you seen mm. Wolfie before? I haven't seen Xavier though you haven't uh, seen I Xavier? Don't, I don't think I have no oh, okay but yeah. you've seen Andrew Wolf? yeah I'm pretty sure I have yeah like when Andrew Wolf is on his game yeah, yeah. dude yeah it's like you just can't touch that yeah. guy yeah. and he'll go over east now mm. and they used to make him they used to put him in the middle of the lineup I because all right, he, there's another Perth guy, you know. I now he, all he does is close Damn. because they can't follow him. Wow. Yeah, they can't. They cannot follow him. Yeah. It's too much. Yeah. That there is nothing a comedian does yeah. that that guy cannot do. Mm. He's like so well rounded. Mm. He is the kind of guy that you can put on any lineup, mm. in any position, mm. and he'll score for you. Mm. You can let him. You can get him to MC. Yeah. You can get him to open a show. Yeah. You can get him to close any show. Yeah. He's that good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like there's these people that sort of and all, all these guys are not like they were they weren't good before COVID, yeah. but they just got so much better during COVID because mm. they they were working and other people weren't working. Mm-hmm. And also we we all kind of had that in the back of our minds that you know the state's going to open up soon. Yeah. And we all need to be Good. Mm, got you. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 So like Perth, Perth, Perth comedy, for my money, I think like pound for pound yeah. in terms of how many great comedians we have here. Yeah. I don't think any other city touches Perth. Wow. Uh, honestly. Does that mean you're staying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> but like... Yeah, I, I mean, and I, you know, maybe I'm biased, or whatever. But like, honestly, from what I've seen at the top level, like the famous people and yeah. the people that have had like twenty, twenty-five careers, yeah, twenty-five year career, sorry, yeah, 
Yeah, obviously. Like, there's only maybe Pete Rosestone who lives here. Yeah. That is, is of that level of experience, like 20, mm. 30 years in comedy. Mm. Mm-hmm. But, like, that middle yeah. section yeah. of, like, people that are doing, like, 15 minutes to 30 minutes. Yeah. Man. Yeah. It's, yeah. Like, there's Pretty so many good... Yeah. It's very competitive here yeah. in Perth. So, what would you say then to... So, if somebody's listening now and they're thinking about, um, you know, they, they hear... They come, they listen to your show or they listen to any comedy show and they think, oh man, I should give this a go. Um, hit a hope, open mic. Um, yeah. What should they... What's what's a tip and what should they not do, I guess? Oh, what should they not do? <laughs> oh, that's a good question. Well, oh, okay. Because you host a lot of uh, the open mics. A lot right? of... Yeah, yeah. A lot, uh, yeah, a, I, I yeah. see a lot of open mic comedy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of open mic comedy. Yeah. Um, well, for your first time, uh, what you should not do is first of all, take it too seriously. Don't take it too seriously. Yeah. It's have fun. Yeah. You know, even if you want this to be your career, the famous quote is like, it takes 20 years Mm. to make a headliner. Mm. Like you're going to be here. If you're going to be any good, you're going to be here a long time. Yeah. If you're going to be good, you're going to be here for a long time. So don't. Uh, don't take it too seriously. Mm-mm-mm. Obviously, like work hard. Yeah, and write write jokes. You need to write. I get you. Like yeah. there's some people that think oh, I'm just gonna come up there and speak and stuff like that. Mm. Yeah, you could, but you're. It's not when you someone says write jokes. It's not just so that you write jokes, but mm. you learn how to write jokes mm. and you learn the craft of comedy. Mm. You learn word economy. Mm. Like uh, what I find is, a lot of people that th- that are starting out and that are early use way too much, too many words. Mm. Like they they're trying to uh, say too much. Mm. Remember that eighty percent of communication is nonverbal. Mm. So work on your appearance. You know, show up. You know. Uh, unlike I am today, don't have stains on your shirt. You know what I mean? Like, be presentable, be nice, yeah. uh, be friendly, come yeah. say hi, yeah. and have fun. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, for someone who's been doing it a little bit longer, yeah. uh, maybe like your 10, 15 gigs in, yeah. what I would say is uh, like write every day or write as much as you can. Yeah. Uh, just write like any funny idea that comes write it down yeah any anything yeah learn how to sit down and force yourself to write mm. learn the the discipline of doing that because what you find is when it comes to going from say doing five minutes to mm. ten minutes yeah you'll have a whole bunch of things to pull from because yeah. you haven't forgotten anything because it's written down then when it comes to 10 to 15 minutes same thing yeah yeah because there'll be things that there'll be ideas that you have that you don't know how to do yet Mm-mm-mm. like i i find i find that a lot well, thankfully i've been good at writing things down especially in the last few years yeah i've been good at writing things down and there'll be ideas that i'm like man that's funny but i, I just can't make it work now mm-hmm. then i'll find it three years five years mm-hmm. later down the line and i'm like oh yeah there's that thing and then boom you're like, holy crap, like, yeah. where was that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And like it's the perfect time for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Because yeah. you're better as a comedian. You yeah. know how to work material better now. Mm. So you're able to put it across where maybe you didn't have the ability to before. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so like, 
so write as much as you can learn how to edit yourself take words out yeah like cut the fat off yeah and then uh even when you're cutting the fat don't be afraid to cut into the muscle i get you yeah you don't know you may think you know what's funny but you don't know yet mm. and i'm in the same boat like yeah. there's like uh you you're always learning how to control funny mm. yeah mm. so like work you know write work uh get up as much as you can in any room in any situation if there's a music open mic happening yeah. and they want you to do like 30 minutes before some go do that yeah if you're if so you know your work function wants you to you know uh host the work function do that if mm. uh if you are at church yeah. and they want you to give a benefit do that yeah it all helps yeah it all helps radio yeah. is great yeah uh podcasting is great mm, mm, mm. um do as much as you can to learn your voice to learn how to project how to speak mm, mm. and to learn how to um be comfortable on stage mm. uh if you can do acting do that that helps a lot yeah and uh yeah be curious as well mm. like uh just the best comedians that i've i i found are the probably the most curious mm. these these are people that know how to look into the world and look at things that they don't understand and mm. then try to understand them. Mm. And mm. this doesn't mean you have to be an, an expert on topics or whatever, but yeah. if you can have an ability to grasp with you know, to yeah. deal with things yeah. that you don't understand, yeah. some of the best humor comes out of that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, why is it that most comedians they talk about relationships? Mm. Because it's the one thing that everybody mm. hasn't figured out yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. comedy Com comes from things you haven't figured out yet, mm. Mm. yeah. But mm. are willing to deal with and grapple with. Yeah. So yeah, that th that's the mistake. Uh, within that is the mistakes that I see a lot of comedians yeah. make is that they're not curious enough. Yeah. They don't write enough. Yeah. They don't. Um, they they only want to do stand up comedy because there's this thing that you know uh, I'm too cool man mm, like mm, I'm a comedian I'm mm, too real for this I'm you mm, know mm, like mm. get rid of that yeah. or they'll go oh, I don't want to do this room that room that room because mm. you know that one's not as good as this one yeah obviously do the better room when you can yeah but like don't don't be afraid to do the the smaller rooms I mm. mean one of the biggest uh comedians in Australia a guy named Mike Goldstein mm -hmm. just did a, a a little open mic with like I think it was like eight people. I don't know, maybe like 15 people yeah. in the audience with us uh on Wednesday. Mm. Like this guy this guy is he's on TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he's selling out shows, he's internationally known mm. and he was still there, 15 people mm. trying out new jokes. Mm. Like mm. if that guy is not above doing that, yeah. neither should you. Mm. Um that's good advice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. Chappelle will do it. Like yeah. the, that's he's famous for doing that yeah we'll yeah. just walk into a yeah. like a little coffee shop yeah absolutely or a little open mic and we'll just yeah. do it i remember chris rock actually when he was here a few years ago um he went to some random yes like, bar like in the city and yeah 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 and yeah. he just did a set yeah louis yeah. seek they all the, all the biggest and best yeah they do that yeah because they know that mm. even if you're a multimillionaire mm. and you're um 
because th- that's the beautiful thing about mm. stand-up comedy mm. and this is a musical but someone is saying that oh, that's one of the beautiful things about music is mm. like whether you're your first year of guitar and you're sort of like learning chords or you're like you know paul mccartney yeah yeah with there's still that continuation of like having to sit in your room and 100%. just like just strum away yeah. and just hammer down your craft and oh man i don't know if i can do this yeah oh, man i can't get that note right yeah, oh, yeah i'm stupid oh, i'm the worst yeah the, we, we all do that yeah. the biggest ones do that you know they're all not writing enough mm-hmm. they're all not thinking that they're, they're not getting up enough mm-hmm. like it, yeah it never goes away so if you're squeamish about that part of stand-up comedy yeah you're gonna have a harder time i get you yeah yeah um so for for the same young guy who wants to try it out uh which are the best i guess where where can they go here in perth if they want to uh i want to go do 10 minute or five minutes i think it is yeah, at a, um, um uh, open mic uh where's the best place to go how do they do um, it if they don't know how to yeah so there's a few really good rooms for beginners yeah. uh first and foremost experimental comedy club mm-hmm. uh it has now moved i think uh the, the venue shut down because a bunch of venues have been shutting have you noticed yeah, that yeah, yeah. uh you can sign up uh go to grassroots comedy on instagram and message there and then they'll give you instructions on how to you know uh, yeah. link up yeah uh, if you're on Facebook, there is a page called WA Comedy Industry, mm-hmm. and uh, but the better page is uh, Perth Comedy Collective. Mm-hmm. Join Perth Comedy Collective. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a sheet at the top of that which has a list of all the gigs mm-hmm. uh, that are running in the city. Mm-hmm. It shows the open mics and it yeah. shows the professional rooms. Nice. All the open mics, just hit them up. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Just uh, message them, whatever mm-hmm. the method they say, message them, message them, yeah. and they'll get you up. Nice. Yeah, yeah. So there's so many rooms. There's Sunday slouches uh, in, in the on Sunday. So if we go from Sunday, you got Sunday slouches. I think you've got another one called Sunshine Comedy in Fremantle, mm-hmm. which is an open mic. Nothing Monday, Tuesday, Experimental Comedy Club. Wednesday, there's Port City Comedy in mm-hmm. um, Fremantle. Mm-hmm. There is uh, the Craft Comedy. Uh, I can't remember if it's called the Craft Comedy, but it's at the Craft in Northbridge yep. uh, in the city. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's uh, one in Mandurah that's coming up as well that has just is about to open up. Uh, yeah. Sorry, that one, that one is bi-weekly. Thursday, there is the there is a Fremantle Comedy Factory, in, yeah. also in Fremantle, uh, in Fremantle yeah. Comedy Factory, yeah, in yeah. Fremantle, <laughs> uh, Fremantle Comedy Factory. Uh, there is the Gong Show, mm-hmm. uh, in the city, mm-hmm. which is at the Comedy Lounge. That one is a uh, uh, more on that one later, but yeah. And then there is a uh, one called the Traffic Light, uh, Traffic Light Comedy or Traffic Light uh, Comedy Game. Yeah. At the Leaderville Hotel. Uh, yeah. uh, so after the pro show, there's mm-hmm. they have like an open mic section where oh, yeah. you can like compete with mm. other comedians mm. and uh, you can win some money. Oh, nice. So it's a great way. That, that one is a great because you get to network with a whole like pros as well as people that are maybe around your level. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. 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 And, uh, and do that. And then um, 
Friday is Windmill Comedy Club mm-hmm. in South Perth. Have you been to that one? I've been to that one, yeah. Oh, that one is great. Yeah. Yeah, so I, much fun. Yeah, it was. It was, like, really good. And the cool thing about that one, of course, is I think it's a BYO. It's BYO, yeah. yeah. yeah so yeah. people aren't, like, drunk and stuff. And the yeah. audience is... They're ready for anything. Like they <laughs> just, they just want to have a good time. It's a cool venue too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! yeah. It's so much fun. And yeah. then uh, there's the monthly ones, which are Guildford Comedy. Yeah. Uh, that's going to be a monthly one. And then there's a few others that pop around. Yeah. So keep an eye on that Perth Comedy Collective page because yeah. yeah, there's, there's shows these. happening all the time. Yeah. The Gong Show. Yes. Uh, that is a great show. Maybe not for a complete beginner. Because it's a bit savage, isn't it? It's very savage. So what <laughs> happens is <laughs> uh, you're, all the comedians are competing. There's like 15 comedians. Yeah. They're doing trying to get to three minutes. Mm-hmm. They're competing for a prize pool of $500, mm-hmm. uh, 350 to the winner, 100 to second place, 50 to third place. Yeah. And... Uh, the audience has these uh, golden plates that mm-hmm. they have on their, uh, their on their tables, and if they don't like you, they'll put up their plate. And if there's enough plates uh, go up, yeah. the gong master is on stage mm-hmm. and is also giving you shit sometimes when you're performing. <laughs> uh, they'll play the gong, and then you got to go off. But so it's not a great beginner's environment mm-hmm. because it's you're competing. It's yeah. very brutal. Yeah. yeah. And the audience can be very rough. I've seen guys go out there and just from the look of them, people yeah. are like, plates up. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen that so many times. <laughs> and sometimes like the audience is just like, yeah. they're in a bad mood. Like something's yeah, happened yeah, to everybody yeah. that week. Yeah. And they're just savage, man. Yeah. They're not having it. Yeah, yeah. And um, and then there's also uh, the risk of that is you're, you're competing with everybody. You're competing mm. with some people that are pros now. Yeah. That like they show up and yeah. you're like all right if you want to do well yeah. you might be following this yes. person who has a blistering three minutes yeah yeah like yeah. applause break applause break applause break applause break yeah. you know what i mean so it's not a great learning environment but it is great for the next phase after you've started yeah because if you can make stuff work at the gong mm. you can make it work anywhere much like the festival you do Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you've got uh, you've got a few shows uh, coming up uh, yes. for the Fringe uh, Festival. Uh, yes. Tell us about those. Well, I'm uh, I am I'm going to be all around the Fringe, but uh, I was going to do a solo show this year, but um, I uh, like I have a show in mind uh, that I I just haven't. It's not right yet. Mm. I mean, the thing that we're talking about with mm-hmm. um, like. Uh, not changing your material yeah. but taking the time to really fix the material and really understand yeah. you know like put the craft behind it yeah. i have a show it's not it's not right yet the show um yeah i'll i'll, I'll i won't say too much but it, i'll put that on next year but this year uh, i'll be doing a show with uh, these three comedians called desperate house guys uh-huh. uh kind of play on desperate housewives yeah. uh yeah. it's me uh, Dave Hughes, who mm-hmm. uh, wrote for, who ha- writes for the project mm-hmm. uh, on TV, mm-hmm. he's written for Trailer Park Boys, mm-hmm. he's written for a bunch of other shows, uh, Mock the Week in England, mm-hmm. uh, very funny guy. Um, so he's the he's one of them, and then Tori Griffiths, who's written for uh, Batuta Acti- Act Advocate. I see, yeah. Batuta Act Advocate. Yeah. Uh, and he's a raw comedy uh, finalist yeah. uh, as well, state finalist uh, here in, in Perth, which mm-hmm. is a, a big deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, so 
uh, we're, we're doing a show, Desperate House Guys. We're doing it all over the festival. Uh, let me get the dates right here. Yeah. Uh, so, January 19th and 20th at the Mezzanine Bar at Cheeky Sparrow in the city, in mm-hmm. the CBD. Mm-hmm. And then January 25th at Guilford Hotel. Uh, so, that's going to be a Thursday night. And then Calamondo Hotel, February 9th. Nice. Uh, come see us. Come check us out. And uh, uh, also invite you know yeah. your friends because yeah. um, we need to sell tickets. And also, <laughs> uh, comedy is, is one of those things that you, I, I think you, people have more fun the more they, Absolutely. more people come to a show. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, if you think you're going to have fun by yourself, yes, you will. Yeah. But if you bring like a, like five of your boys yeah, yeah, yeah. or like five, like that was part of the thing about Guilford that one time. Yeah. It was like that. Late, that group of like six ladies yeah, yeah, yeah. that were just like off their faces yeah, yeah, yeah. away from their husbands and kids yeah, and just yeah. having a ball yeah, so like everything yeah. that you did yeah. up there they were just yeah. into it even yeah. if you sucked they yeah, were just yeah, like yeah. Oh, I'm here with my girls yeah. we're just gonna have a good time yeah. so yeah. that's uh yeah if, you, if you're gonna watch stand up comedy um mm-hmm. Definitely bring a group, big group, buy yeah. in a group, yeah. and uh, yeah, come see the shows. Yeah. We would appreciate. I'd love to see some Africans there. Yeah. I know for some reason Africans don't come to comedy. Yeah, I I think about that because um, I mean I've obviously been all the shows that I've been to. You um, you're probably the the only black face <laughs> that <laughs> I've seen in like a year <laughs> in a comedy club, dude. <laughs> you and, um, but get it doesn't count because you know yeah 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 he's yeah. a performer yeah but I mean these and and he's the one who put me on um, to the scene so shout out to him yeah um, but I you know like I really really enjoy it and I encourage everyone um, you know the shows that you're doing that you've got coming up uh, if you're listening to this um, you have to see this you have to see Tabo in action and unfortunately um you know you know we have family show and um yeah this is not yeah this is nothing compared to what he can really do so we encourage you to um follow him also on instagram i guess uh facebook as well where they can get more information yeah sure uh you can find me on facebook uh but my main one is instagram uh t-h-a-b-o-t-s-h-u-m-a yeah uh yeah chuck me a follow send me a message let's chat especially like because I've been here, this is a, a little bit sad, yeah. and on a sad note. Yeah. But I, I've been here in uh, in in Perth for yeah, like since 2019. Yeah. And I've been focused on like comedy and stuff like that. Uh-huh. So I haven't had a chance to like actually interface with the African community too much. I get you, yeah. Yeah, which I'd love to do, man. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. whenever I can, I'll go to like the 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 um the markets there that they have yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. So yeah. I love to meet other Africans. Hit yeah. me up. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, we we managed to connect at the gigs yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, man, yeah. please. Yeah. And, and also, like, uh, same thing with Africans. Yeah. You don't see a lot of indigenous people yeah. at shows. Yeah, this is true. Yeah, well. yeah. yeah. And yeah. I don't know if you guys know, one of the best, maybe the best, mm. indigenous comic lives here in Mm. Guy named Fabian Woods. Mm. He's uh, unknown at the moment, mm. but like five years down the line, dude. Yeah. yeah. This guy's on Netflix. Mm. He's so funny. Damn. He's so good. Yeah. He's like, and he's one of those guys that, uh, like, he works FIFO. He's a family guy, so he's not around the scene as much. So people forget, and maybe he doesn't get seen by people. Uh, yeah. You know. Uh, um. 
that are, that are coming over east and stuff like that so right. other comedians don't get to see him yeah but everyone that sees him is like where has this guy been wow yeah this dude yeah. is like next level so yeah. he's he has a show as well uh at the perth french festival so oh, you, nice. if you don't come to uh, our so show go ahead yeah show. yeah maybe. fabian woods fabian yeah. woods yeah. yeah 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 this dude is a monster we'll, dude. we'll definitely check him out as well uh yeah. we are going to be getting our tickets for that french show yes sir and uh maybe we'll speak to tabo as well maybe he can give us like you know one to give away to um one of our favorite oh most deaf listeners at some point yeah but, i should yeah. have come prepared with that <laughs> <laughs> but we'll do that in the future but tabo uh thank you we're not going to keep you for much longer uh thank you man for for this conversation hey um, thanks for having me dude yeah. i i really appreciate it thanks for letting me come here and uh, talk my dribble and pontificate about comedy <laughs> golden hours like mom tripping you come down here right this instant sits on a front step chips and a sun kiss down for a sun kiss break the pikmin i click click it's difficult to pick one i depict the wisdom and a particular commission like plain old birds on the same old flu fight rebranded and draped in a good light boat break from a day at the bullfight or to come pray in the radiant bullseye i don't blame y'all the force awakens so Flatbush Avenue forest bathing Blood pressure ain't a touch extra My cholesterol back to nothing special Skin clear and my legs strong And my spine fused and my grain gone And bodega spangled in a mere 35 octillion lumens At a low angle through incense smoke from a folding table It's basically nature's stolen cable Till it ain't time is a pick to the ice Right when you chillin' it be chippin' at the vibe Most tip a hat and slippin' to the high But I dip into the grid rats sniffin' out the mines Like... Like pop while and it's coming in hot, trying not to fight it. That helicopter, that 50 siren, CB squawking, bomb me those vice grips. I mean, Brian ain't no mixtape, but nigga lifeless. Adrift in the eye of the side quest. Sign me, please don't feed the wildlife unless don't need to mislead the night shift. Sun is whirling, country or I've lost from the brush pen of Kim Jung Ji swirling. Junkyard tires and love seats and house pets all swept up in a one beast to love. Y'all bring your adult teeth and move in the lulls. A pulse and a juice with a pulp. Midnight pushing up scene, Katamari. Birds little long man, what army, huh? Blows a weaver in the wheat hour speaking I'm low in the ether I could see him in a earth tone low hat and throwback shoes like I saw at Easter I could bounce ideas off an angel, a demon or any other brand of Cthulhu I could rinse in the ambient wind but I can't relate the intangibles to Crystals in the handle of my hammer to the amber light Crystals in the handle of my hammer to the amber light Crystals in the handle of my hammer to the amber light Crystals in the handle of my hammer to the amber light I walk the city strictly witching hours Feeling dangerous, feeling like I gave you power Trees rustling, they sleep, wildlife scurry to feed It's a light on in the tower Shadows moving, the deep smile Rows of redundant teeth, they can see you's a coward Street lamps is buoys and oceans of black I'm swimming on my back, the moon but a yellow piece of crack In the firmament, peering to the dark Copernicus Fellow travelers past dance, wondering if it's our turn in the tournament Every morning on the steps with my little herb Every morning a mad woman come through feeding the birds Walking crazy fast, tossing fistfuls of bread Might as well be feeding the rats, but the rats already well fed Fentanyl in the pack, if they could they come back from the dead And buy it again 
I remember when nights was ambulance sirens Watching them put bodies inside them Sometimes somebody outside wildin' on empty streets Dead silent, half empty stores scared to breathe I sit on steps now with my little weed I walk the long way around the jets, them brothers looking a little lean I'm taciturn on the strip, I get my shit turn and I leave Pack a derm, I never forget the faces of these Head full of worms, some days it's bees Some mornings the air feels clean I can see her coming, trundling down the block Then stop, picked the dead bird off the curb, stuffed it in her bag Teeth barely bared when she hurried past